Praise God. Y'all can go ahead and be seated. If we do have any chillins in here, I believe we have somebody over there in CIA if you want to go to your class. How many of you were here last Sunday night? Most of you, I see a lot of, a lot of you were. And, uh, yeah, were. And last Sunday night, of course, we talked about how to jumpstart our new year. And we did have an anointing of oil, like a gallon of olive oil was in the place. Good times. But, um, Anyway, I just kind of felt like I wanted to talk a little bit more along those lines and talk about the anointing, and then we're going to get into some different things. So by way of review, just want to go through the definitions of anointing. Anointing is divine enabling. It's God's ability coming on our ability to get the job done. And then one of the things that we said about the anointing, it is a performance, it's our performance enhancer. And I'm glad that we have a legal performance enhancer called the anointing. And then according to the word of God, what does the anointing do? The anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. Amen. It is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And we uh, let's look at it. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, in the King James Version. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? The yoke shall be destroyed because of the Anointing. Thank God. Yoke destroying, burden removing power of God. That is the anointing of God. And what day is that? He says in that day. The day that we release our faith. Faith. And we tap into the anointing. We can expect yokes to be destroyed. And burdens to be removed. Now this same passage, Isaiah 10, 27, out of the... NIV translation, it says, in that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. I find that interesting, because you have grown so fat. Your neck has gotten fat. And he's saying here that you'll reach this point that you're so fat that that yoke won't fit on you anymore. And spiritually speaking, we can see that, that when we take in the word of God, when he, like pastor was just saying, you give yourself totally immersed and soaked and saturated in the word of God. You know what begins to happen? You get really fat. Spiritually, And being really fat spiritually is a good thing. I know this time of year it's not, it's not uh, very popular to talk about going to the gym and all the pounds that maybe were put on during the holidays. We're not talking about physical fatness here. We're talking about spiritually fat and flourishing from the Word of God. How many of you want to just feast on manna from heaven? Just take in of the Word of God. You know, it says over in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, Thy Word was found, and I did eat it. We can eat the Word of God. And when we eat the Word of God, it doesn't make us sadder and sadder. It makes us gladder and gladder. 
eat the word of God. And he says, it was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Have you ever just picked up the word of God? Maybe you were facing something. You were going through a difficult time or your day just wasn't great. And you just open your Bible and whoa, awesome how the word of God fed you. Now, I don't, uh, I don't advise doing your devotions like just flipping through the Word of God and just going, whoops, so they'll point to that scripture. No, but get on a pathway of devotions and of reading the Word of God on a regular basis. And you'll get happier. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Now, to get in great shape physically, we're not going to go there, but, you know, we do have to have proper nutrition and exercise. And it's the same spiritually. If we want to be spiritually fit, we have to eat the Word of God, and then we have to learn to exercise our faith. And not only, of course, this is first priority, the Word, the written Word of God, but there are times that God speaks through men and women of God through something called prophecy. And if they are notable men and women in the body of Christ, tried and proven and, and mature spiritually, and God used them to be a voice in the land, as long as it lines up with the Word of God, we can take those things. And that also will feed our spirits. We are never to exalt a man. But however, we do acknowledge that God does speak Through men and women. If you were here today, pastor was speaking the word of God. God speaks through our anointed pastor. Amen. He gives him divine utterance. He speaks through other men and women in the body of Christ. And again, you know, I caution you when somebody has to go around and constantly tell you what they are, and label themselves, I'm a prophet, I'm this, I'm that, and there's no fruit there, then we don't, you know, necessarily, you don't want to follow that. And if somebody has always given you a word about prophesying money out of their pocket, into their pocket, I mean, out of, why not, did I say that right? Out of your pocket, into their pocket, yeah, I'd be a little cautious of that. Amen? Prophecies need to line up with the word of God. There's a wonderful account over in the Old Testament. We won't go and review that whole account. You're familiar with it over in Second Chronicles chapter 20 when Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel were surrounded. And they didn't know what they were going to do. And they did what all of us should do. They said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So they sought the Lord, and he gave them instruction. And he came, the Spirit of God came upon a young man, and he began to speak to them. The Spirit of God came upon Jehoshaphat and gave him a word for the people of how they were going to get out of this and how God was going to deliver the enemy into their hand. But there's a verse there in Second Chronicles 20, verse 20, where it says, Believe my prophets. Listen to their word. Believe my prophets, and you shall prosper. So when we hear something from a man or woman of God and it bears witness with our spirit, you'll see like, like the end of that. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophet, so shall you prosper. 
So when we hear something from a man or woman of God and it bears witness with our spirit and it lines up with the word of God, you know what our response should be? Yes, amen. Yes, amen. I received that. I received that. I believe that. I'm taking that in my life. I'm saying all of these things because tonight I'm going to read you a prophecy by Dr. Jerry Savelle. And before um, I do that, I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit too also about what Brother Kenneth Copeland has said about 2016. Anybody in here not know who Brother Kenneth Copeland is? Believer's Voice of Victory, a wonderful uh, prophet of the land and of our day. And anyway, one of the things the Lord said to him about 2016, 2016, the year of the great. And he just said, okay, Lord, the great what? He kept seeking the Lord. 2016, the year of the great. And he was like, great what? And finally the Lord said, great, you fill in the blank. 2016, the year of the great, whatever you can believe me for. The year of great faith. The year of great breakthroughs, the year of prosperity, the year of great healing. Whatever your faith can lay hold of, your great, big, wonderful God will do for you in 2016. Now, does that line up with the Word of God? Yes, because the Bible says nothing shall be impossible to him that believeth. Whatever we can believe, whatever we can receive, whatever we can release our faith for. The year of the great, what do you need this year? The year of great deliverance. The year of great salvation for my family. The year of restoration. The year of great promotion on my job. The year of great whatever you can believe for. If your faith will stretch and reach, you can have it. How many would agree with me that 2016 can be the year of great financial breakthroughs? Great financial blessing. Amen? So then I shared this on Wednesday with the ladies that, that come to prayer. And my, we had a wonderful time. And I'm going to just read the Jerry, Dr. Jerry Savelle's prophecy. And after I say these certain things, I want you to say... Amen. Because pastor said it this morning and he said it again tonight. Let the church say amen. And what does amen mean? So be it. So I'll cue you when we're going to say amen. And when we say amen, we're saying so be it. So be it in the body of Christ, but so be it here in this body. So be it here In this area, in California, in the Bay Area, so be it in our lives and in our families. And when I read these, you'll know every single one of them line up with the Word of God. So we're going to do some releasing of our faith tonight. Dr. Jerry Savelle says this, Extraordinary things are taking place in the heavenlies and 2016 will come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. Now, I thought that was awesome because Dr., uh, well, he is a doctor too, uh, Dr. Kenneth Copeland, he got great, the year of the great. The Spirit of God said to Dr. Jerry Savelle, the year of the great breaking loose. 
more and more notable miracles will break loose in the earth. And let the church say, got to read that one again. More and more notable miracles will break loose in the earth and let the church. We need to believe God for this. This is the word of the Lord. God wants there to be notable miracles. What's the word notable mean? The word notable means this. Remarkable. Outstanding. God wants to show himself strong. He wants to do extraordinary things. He wants people to pop out of of wheelchairs. He wants blind eyes to be open. He wants the lame to walk. He wants the deaf to hear. This is the word of the Lord. If it happened when Jesus was here on this earth, the Bible says greater works than these shall we do. It has happened in our lifetime. It happened just on a regular basis during the great healing revival. It's happened in this very moment in different parts of the world and around this nation. Notable miracles. And every time there is a notable miracle, you know who gets the glory? God gets the glory. And attention is immediately drawn to him. That's why we believe. That's why we contend for these things. Not so we can say, oh, look what I did because I didn't do nothing. It's him that gets all the glory. And then the next one. More and more signs and wonders. And let the church... This is recorded in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, he says, It'll come to pass in the last days. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then it goes on. It talks about in the last part of Acts chapter 2 that in the last days there's going to be signs. There's going to be wonders in the heavenlies. People are going to see phenomenal things begin to happen. One of the signs and the wonders, I believe, that we're going to hear more and more about in 2016 is God supernaturally showing up and manifesting himself to groups of people that are bound by false religions. We've been hearing reports of it. You know that it might not be all over the news in the United States, but it is in the news. And it's in the heavens. It's happening where God is showing himself strong. Jesus appearing to groups of Muslim people. Jesus appearing to people that are bound by false religions. I would call that signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what else is a sign and a wonder? When God does something for a group of people and it makes everybody wonder how it happened. You know what a sign and a wonder would be? And it's not, you know that we're not glorifying money in this place, but it would be a sign and a wonder. If somebody just drove by and they said, Ooh, I like the looks of that building. 
Wow. Something on the inside of them said, go in there and give them $5 million. There's people in the world that $5 million is chump change to them. That would be a sign. And that would be a wonder that God is in this place. And that God is still in the miraculous business. Amen? I don't know what all it means, but more signs and wonders left the church. We take it. We receive it. Then I like this one. More and more instant healings. Let the church say. More and more instant healings. I know there's different ways to receive healing. And for the believer, most of the time, it is is a gradual progression because we grab hold of it with our faith. But I believe part of why it said this, more and more instant healings, is that it is time for the church to be what Jesus said we were going to be, carriers of the anointing. It's time for the church, Mark chapter 16, the Great Commission, go, go, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, they will recover, cast out devils. I think the instantaneous healing, of course we contend for. Of course we expect it to happen in our midst here. But I really believe most of this is going to be the believer. The believer being the believer. Out on the streets. On BART. In your workplace. See somebody come in bound by sickness and disease. You don't even have to ask them if they know Jesus. Just say, hey... You want me to pray for you? You pray for them. And in the name of Jesus, they're instantly healed. Then they say, what was that? That was Jesus. And you lead them to the Lord. Healing has always been the dinner bell. The dinner bell that God rings to the world to show his goodness. And to show his love. Uh, Pastor and I were just talking yesterday and he was asking me, you know, it's kind of, you think about your life. And he was saying, how did you know, you know, that you were called or how did you know that you weren't going to stay in, in Oklahoma, down on the farm? And you know, it was just in me. For a time I was a little girl. But I remember to, particularly when I got filled with the Holy Ghost at age 11. And T.L. Osborne, he grew up in that area where I grew up in. He was friends with my parents. But he would come to our little country church back in the day. And this will really date me. But he would come and he would show reel-to-reel films. Anybody remember those? Go to a museum and you can see them. Reel-to-reel films of his crusades. And they just gripped my heart. One of the first continents that he was called to, and he did a lot of his ministry in, was the continent of Africa. And he would come, and I just still remember as a little girl, I'd just sit there and cry. Just got on the inside of me. But one of the things that he's, he's the one that I heard say this. He said it over and over. He'd show these crusades. And he didn't get up and preach an hour-long message 
the very first thing he did, he'd have some music, have some worship, and then he would say, to start calling out things, okay? My God, the true and the living God, is healing people right now. If you're crippled, he's healing you. If your eyes are blind, he's opening your eyes. And then he'd just go on and on like that for a long time. Then he'd say, okay, if you can walk now and you couldn't walk before, and I mean, just call out all these things. He'd want, then he'd have them come up to the front and testify. And the place, thousands of people, it would take hours, and they would walk across the stage and tell what had happened to them. Instant. Instant. 2016, the year of instant healings. And you know what is connected to that? What's connected to that is harvest. Because after these people had been touched by the true power of the living God, then he'd give a simple salvation message and the whole place would receive Jesus as Lord. The dinner bell is ringing. And that's what he would always say. Healing and miracles is the dinner bell of God calling to people and saying, Come to me. Come to me. Come, you that are sick, you that are lame, you that are poor, you that are oppressed, and I will set you free. More and more instant healing. Let the church say, More and more angelic visitations. You missed it. More and more angelic visitations. Let the church say. Angelic visitations for our protection. Yes, we are protected by the angels of the Lord. We don't have to be afraid. We don't lose our angels when we grow up. Everybody has an angel, at least one, assigned to them. And I believe a host of angels. I think I probably have a host. Pastor Mark has a legion. They had a lot of work to do to keep him alive. <laughs> Angels assigned to us. You know, when we, no, it's not the devil. Legion is a lot, lots of good angels. Good angels. We were just down at John and Lindy's over Christmas, and Liv always likes to sleep with Grammy. I'm sharing a little trundle bed in her room. And, you know, she, likes, she says to me every night, let's visit. She likes to just lay there and visit. So we're talking away, and she's telling me again a little bit that she gets a little bit afraid at night. And so I started talking to her about angels. She was so intrigued. Do I have one? Yes, you have one. Every babe, does Lucy have one? Yes. Baby Lucy has one. Everybody has an angel. And they protect us. They're with us, guarding over us keeping us in all of our ways. The next morning, she woke up, and she said, Grammy, I had a dream last night. What'd you dream? She said, I was in this room, and it was full of angels. She saw them. I said, what'd they look like? She said, some of them had on white robes and gold robes, and some of them had gold sparkling wings. Well, I don't know what they look like, but she saw angels, and it brought peace to her, knowing these angels are watching over her. Hallelujah. And they're not just there for our protection. More and more angelic visitations reminds me of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Can we look at that? Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits 
forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Our angels have assignments. Their assignment is to protect us, to guard us, but they're also there to minister for us. That means you need something. You need finances. You need healing. Angels, go and get that spare part out of heaven. I need a new liver. I need a new lung. Go and get that spare part in heaven and bring it to my body. They're waiting for our command. The angels hearken unto the voice of His Word. They hearken unto the voice of the Word spoken out of our mouth. Give your angels something to do. Send them on a mission. Send them to minister for you. You need that loved one to be born again. Angels of the Lord, go and tap on their shoulder. Get their attention. Go and deal with them in the middle of the night. God can show up and give Livy a dream about this room full of angels. God can show up and minister to your loved ones if you will commission him to send the angels of the Lord and minister. Hallelujah. Are y'all liking this? I don't know that I've ever done this, but I'm telling you, I'm enjoying this because this is the word of the Lord. And this is something we need to lay hold of in our lives and for this year. Dr. Jerry, he told his whole staff, I want you to take this prophecy. I want you to put it where you can see it in your home. I want you to read it on a daily basis and do just what I said. Say, yes, amen. We're receiving it. Believe the word of the prophets and you will prosper. It's just like the word of the living God. It doesn't just happen in our lives. We have to hear it and do it, receive it and do it. So we release our faith for these things because they are in line with the word of God. Now you might not want to say amen to this one, but it's part of it. More and more, oh no, we want to say amen. More and more deliverance us from demonic activity. I didn't see the word deliverance. (laughs) We don't want to say amen to more and more demonic activity. We want to say more and more deliverance us from demonic activity. And let the church say amen. It's evident that people are yielding to demonic influence like never before. There's crazy, hideous acts that people are committing that they wouldn't be committing unless they were under the influence of demonic forces. But the good news is we have authority to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Part of the Great Commission, Mark 16, go preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and cast out out devils in my name. We're not going to get flaky. We don't run around looking for devils on every little doorknob or behind every little window. But if they show up, we don't run the other direction. If they show up and they're manifesting themselves, we can in Jesus' name say, I command you to loose that person. In the name of Jesus. I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, it was just odd. 
I was going and ministering at different women's meetings. I was in Minnesota, and then I was down in Southern California, and I think there was a third place. But in every one of these meetings in a row, there was like a demonic manifestation. When I was in Minnesota in this ballroom preaching at this women's meeting, at the close of the service, I don't remember what I was preaching on, everybody had their heads bowed, their eyes closed, and this lady in the back of the room, I'd been watching her the whole time I was preaching, and I knew something wasn't right. She literally, now I'm not kidding, she lifted up off of the floor. It was a demonic manifestation. I thought she was going to, like, lay out flat. So I grabbed the pastor's wife. Nobody else saw it but me. And I'm like, okay, hen. I grabbed the pastor's wife. We went to the back, cast that devil out of her. She knew who she was. She'd visited a little bit, had a whole bunch of problems. But it was a demonic manifestation. That woman got free. Then I was down in Southern California at Bayless and Janet Conley's church, had people lined up praying, praying, I believe, for people to be uh, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, going down the line, and I got to this one person, and it was evident. She didn't like me. She started growling at me. I mean, growling at me, and she went, like that, took off and ran out the building, And you know, when the Spirit of God comes on you, you don't even think about it. And I had other people to pray for, and I just in an instant said, Oh, no, you don't. You're not getting out of here. I chased her outside. (laughs) We were outside in the parking lot. Ushers were trying to keep up with me like, Okay, where did the preacher go? Cast the devil out of her. She got free, got delivered. You know what? I'm not looking for devils, but I know that people are bound. And if they show up, we need to be ready to cast them out. People shouldn't come in here levitating and growling and falling on the floor and all of this kind of stuff. And we're just like, ooh, call 911. Well, if it's a physical thing, of course we're going to do what we should do. But some of these manifestations are demonic activity. And we need to cast them out. People need to be free. Well, that wasn't in my notes, but anyway, more and more deliverance from demonic activity. And let the church say, all right, you'll like this one. And more and more finances will break loose so my people can do more for the kingdom, saith the Lord. And let the church More and more finances will break loose. Are you a candidate? Not break loose so we can buy more stuff. Not break loose so we can get bigger houses, newer cars, more clothes, more jewelry. That's well, that's good. I'm not opposed to that. But he said finances will break loose so my people can do more for The kingdom. I don't know what the lottery is at right now, but I know it's huge. No, the lottery, it's like a billion or something, right? Well, you know, this is a joke. This is a joke. But if God gives you numbers, you know, (laughs) scratch that, scratch that, but... (laughs) God's got ways. God's got means of finances breaking loose into the kingdom of God. The question is, he said, will break loose so 
my people can do more for the kingdom of God. To be a candidate, we got to have a heart. That's right. We got to have a heart that says, okay, if I were to go home tonight and somebody bought me a lottery ticket, I didn't go buy it, but somebody bought me one and put it in my mailbox and it was the winning number. If I got a billion dollars, I know the Lord would, he knows my heart. Oh, up now, okay. <laughs> I'll give you my address after church. No, anyway. <laughs> God knows that I would not skip the country. I might go on a vacation to Hawaii. I'm not lying. I might do that. But he knows. You know what the first thing would be? Let's pay off the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pay off the church, free up some finances so we can go out there, get on the airways, go out there, do more to reach more, go out there, feed the poor, go out there, let Jesus be glorified in our community. I can boldly say that. The Lord knows my heart. Does he know yours? Are you a candidate for financial breakthrough? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can you handle a little more? Just a little. Okay. And during this time, this is more the prophecy. And during this time of the great breaking loose. Ooh, you're going to like this one. The enemy will no longer be able to hold back that which my faithful ones have stood in faith for. Not even the things that looked as though they would never come to pass. For I will cause them to break loose and to suddenly manifest and to do so in such a way, now you'll like this one, that no one will be able to deny the greatness of your God. Hallelujah. (laughs) The great breaking loose. The enemy will no longer be able to hold them back for my faithful ones that have stood in faith. Is that scriptural? A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Hallelujah. Woo! And it's going to happen so suddenly in such a way, no one will be able to deny the greatness of our God. Hallelujah! Let the church say, let the church say, let it be, let it be suddenly. Let there be that great breaking loose. Then he goes on and he says, yes, 2016 will be a year in which the faithful shall be rewarded beyond their highest expectations. And they shall abound in blessings as never before. Hallelujah. The year of the great breaking loose. The year of the breakthrough. 
Just reminded me of breakthrough. You want to hear what breakthrough means? Hallelujah. An act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or a restriction. The enemy is a master at trying to restrict us and put obstacles in our way. But his power is no match for the power of the living God. You got any hindrances you want to see annihilated? You got anything that you'd like to see a season of suddenly come upon the scene and experience a breakthrough in? Listen to this scripture as we're preparing to close here in Psalms 146, verse 5 through 8. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. How many of you have your hope, your faith, your trust in the Lord? then you ought to be happy. Can we just be happy for a minute? Smile. Woo! We're happy because we have our hope in the Lord. Our hope isn't in the economy. Our hope isn't in the political scene or in any candidate. Our hope is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Then he goes on here and he continues to magnify the greatness of our God. You want to magnify him with me? Verse 6. Who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them? Who keeps truth forever? Who executeth judgment for the oppressed? Who gives food to the hungry? And this is the part I want you to see. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Freedom for the prisoners. You know what a prisoner is? Anyone whose liberties have been restricted or restrained. And the Lord says, I've come to set the captives free. Maybe you've seen some clips of war times where the people, there were prisoners of war. There was a horrible place in Vietnam called the Hanoi Hotel where many of our soldiers were held prisoners, some of them for years. And you can see in some of these documentary clips where our United States Marines or our United States Army, they came marching in there in those combat boots, and they opened up the prison doors. And I've seen pictures of it where those prisoners, those prisoners of war, those men that had been literally restricted and restrained for years, not taken care of properly, they fall out of those cells and they begin to kiss the feet of those American soldiers. Kissing those dirty combat boots. But those boots represented, they've come to set me free. Jesus is our liberator. Jesus is the one who came to set us free. Jesus is the one who said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me to set the captives free. 
free. Hallelujah. That sounds like the year of the breaking loose. He doesn't want us bound in any area of our lives. He paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Just like many of those soldiers. Some of them gave their lives, others years of their lives in prison. They paid the price so we could be sitting in here tonight enjoying this liberty and this freedom. And we thank God for them. And don't you ever put down any of our military. We need to be praying for them. We thank God for them. If you're not a patriot American, well, you need to get a backbone and you need to get a heart for our nation. We're not here to put our nation down. We're here to pray for our leaders. Pray for our nation. Be thankful for what our military is doing around the world. They are paying a price. My own little niece, one of Ricky's daughters, her husband has been in the military for many years. They came home. He'd been over in Belgium, and they thought he was going to be, get to be stateside. They were looking forward to being back here together. He just got orders. He's getting sent back to Afghanistan. They got two little kids. People are paying the price for our freedom. But Jesus, he paid The ultimate price. And it's a slap in his face for us not to say, I'm going to take my liberty. I'm going to walk in my freedom. I'm going to, in the name of Jesus, break every chain that the enemy tries to come. I'm not going to be bound. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Lord, we thank you.